you're listening to the Random City Podcast. Welcome back to the Random City Podcast. I am Jimmy and Georgia, your host, as pretty much always. And we're here today to talk about some random things. And I think a few episodes ago, I mentioned the possibility of doing a Christmas movie-themed episode. And I think today I'd come up with the idea of basically doing my top three Christmas movies and my top three Christmas TV specials. And so I will kind of count down the list, talk about them a little bit, and I'd love to have your feedback if you enjoy these films or if you think I left off the, you know, your classic favorite ones. One thing I do want to share with you guys before I get into my Christmas movies list. I do have a brief message here from Chris over at the Media Junkyard. And they have an opportunity for you to win a copy of the newly released Cowboys and Aliens. And I enjoyed that movie last summer when it came out. It has Daniel Craig, Harrison Ford. I really enjoyed it. And my theory is this, that if you have... Indiana Jones, and James Bond in a movie, that's never a bad thing. And so I'm going to let Chris speak for himself and let you hear all the details about the contest right now. Please pardon this podcast interruption, but I have a special announcement and a contest opportunity for you, the fine listeners of this program. Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford star in Cowboys and Aliens, the action-packed sci-fi western from the director of Iron Man. Now available on DVD and extended edition Blu-ray combo pack. The stranger, with no memory of his past, leads an unlikely posse of cowboys, outlaws, and Apache warriors against a common enemy from beyond this world. In the film, critics call wickedly original, unlike anything you've ever seen. Take home the DVD and extended edition Blu-ray combo pack today, only from Universal Studios Home Entertainment. Rated PG-13, extended edition not rated. This film is now in stores, but we're giving you the chance for it to be in your hand. Uh, it's easy to enter this Twitter contest for your chance to win a free copy of this film. Uh, free 99, boys and girls. All you have to do is send out a tweet mentioning your favorite famous cowboys or aliens using the hashtag MyFavoriteCowboysAndAliens, spelled out A-N-D. For example, you could say, a classic, but still the best, E.T. is my favorite cowboys and aliens, A-N-D. Uh, once again, all you have to do is send out a tweet mentioning your favorite famous cowboy or aliens and use the hashtag MyFavoriteCowboysAndAliens for your chance to win a free copy of this film. Well, all right, don't forget to tweet out that message of your favorite cowboy and or alien or maybe even both to try to win a copy of Cowboys and Aliens. All right, well, it's time to talk Christmas movies and there's something I realized when I was thinking about making my list. I am not a fan of the traditional, dramatic-type Christmas movies. I, not that I don't like them, but those aren't the ones that I want to watch every year. I uh, recently really just paid attention to a viewing of some of the older Christmas movies that I know I've seen before as a child. Maybe my mom kind of made me watch it or something. But my wife is a big fan of some of those older musical-type movies, and so I watched White Christmas with her, which really wasn't too bad. It had, had some good acting in it. You know, I like Bing Crosby now. And so, yeah, I watched that one. I watched Holiday Inn, which was made you know about a decade prior to White Christmas. It was original 
version of that white Christmas song was in. I've learned recently too that a lot of these, you know, as far as I go from my generation, these songs I just take as standard classical Christmas songs actually were written for films back in the 40s and 50s. A lot of them by Irving Berlin. I think that's interesting, but those aren't the movies I want to watch every year. The movies I like to watch around Christmas time are the funny ones. If I'm at a top five list, all five of the ones that I would put in that list are funny. Or at least I think they are. I think my, uh, I'll go ahead and mention number five and number four as a honorable mentions because I am making a top three list for some reason. I'm not sure why I chose three, uh, other than those are like the three that I really, really like the most. Number five would be Christmas Story, the TNT shows for 24 hours every Christmas. I really do like that one. And yeah, it's kind of an overkill playing it that long for that much, but Little Ralphie is funny. The Oval Team bit's funny. The Red Rider BB gun's funny. The Chinese restaurant's funny. Fa la 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 ra 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 ra. It's a funny movie. Um, I like that one a lot. I also really enjoy a movie that probably most of you don't. <laughs> and that was, as Arnold would say, the holiday classic Jingle All the Way. Yeah, I really enjoy Jingle All the Way. I, I like Sinbad. I like that. I like Arnold in comedies. Generally speaking, Kindergarten Cop was a good one, for example. Twins was good from what I remember. I haven't seen that in years. But. I enjoy Jingle All the Way. I enjoy the whole idea they're looking for that certain toy that's so, you know, prized and the kids want it and Arnold Schwarzenegger's character is a bad father and <laughs> waited till the last minute to try to round up a toy and resort to all sorts of things to try to get it. I think that's really good. And kind of along those same lines, I guess this would maybe be number six on my list. It would be Home Alone. I do enjoy that one. It is kind of silly. It's one of those things where either Kevin or, or the burglar should have died in that whole deal, but Anyway, we'll move on from there. My top three list, the ones I mentioned, you're going to really talk about a little more in-depthly, I guess. Number three is going to be Elf. And I think this is probably one of the best Will Ferrell movies. And one thing I do like about this movie, it's clean. There's some humor about burping and stuff like that, but as far as language and sexual situations and all those kind of things, this movie is very clean, and that's very unusual for Will Ferrell, especially since several of his movies are R-rated. But it's just a really good comedy. He does a great job of playing this innocent little elf, or actually a giant elf, who's really human, who comes to New York to look for his father and works at the department store. And he gets so excited about Santa. And I really, really do enjoy that aspect of the movie, how he's so excited about Santa. He's so excited about decorating the store that he works at. His dad's a total jerk to him, but in the end, it, the Christmas spirit kind of wins out and he warms up to his, his son that, he really didn't know much about, I guess, over those 35, 40 years or something. But I really do enjoy that one. And since it's released, it has definitely been one of those instant classics that I watch every single year for the Christmas season. All right, now this next one's really tough. Both of these movies have been in my heavy rotation on Christmas for years, um, since they were released since I was you know, 12, 13 years old, and that was about 20 years ago now. <laughs> so these movies, uh, one of which I've only watched with other people than say like my mom or my brother or something one time versus the other one there for a while when I was in college, I would have parties to watch. I'm going to make that one number one, but both of these are really close together. Number two on my list is going to be Scrooged with Bill Murray from 1988. And I like the whole idea of the Christmas Carol story in general. There's several different variations out there that are really good. Recently, the cartoon version with Jim Carrey was excellent. There's all sorts of other adaptations, different genres, different franchises have done it, and I do enjoy it in general. But I liked this 
particular version with that 80s modern version of the Scrooge story. I think they did a great, great job with it. And I mean, Bill Murray, I think we talked about not too long ago on one of my podcasts. He's the reason I like Ghostbusters. And he isn't Peter Vinkman in this movie. He, he's a jerk for the most part in this movie, which is different from Peter Vinkman. But he does a great job. And the fact that Richard Donner made this movie makes it even better as I grow older and learn more things about movie making. And if you're not familiar with Richard Donner, he also made two of my other all-time favorite movies, which would be Superman the Motion Picture and Goonies. So you can't go wrong with Richard Donner in my book. This was a stellar production back in the 80s. You have Richard Donner directing, you have Richard Donner producing, you have Danny Elfman doing the music, and I think it still holds up. There's a few things here and there that look like it's kind of dated, but overall I think it holds up very, very well to be 23 years later. And one thing I really do like about this movie is Frank is the TV executive. If you've seen the movie, I'm sure you know this stuff. His boss, Preston Rhinelander, hires Bryce Cummings to kind of help him with the Christmas Carol production. And Bryce Cummings is played by none other than John Glover, who I know and love, and maybe you do too, as Smallville's Lionel Luther. And this is really the only exposure I had to... John Glover prior to Smallville and once I saw him on Smallville I'm like it's Bryce Cummings and so it's one of those things for me I really enjoyed the whole shebang in this movie that the ghost Carol Kane as the ghost of Christmas presents wonderful the end of the, the movie when the little little kid he speaks for the first time since he saw his father killed so that's a great thing they sing the the song at the end he gets the lady and that's one thing that makes this version of Scrooge so much better than all the others he gets his lady back I always hated that, I think, a little bit in the other versions of Scrooge. He's an old man. His life is almost over. There's kind of that, even though he's redeemed, there's still that lack of hope in a lot of ways, I think. In this version, he's he's like a middle-aged guy or whatever, and he still has a chance to make amends with his, his lady. And I think that's wonderful, and I think that's a great addition to this Christmas Carol story. And one more brief thing here. There's a part at the end during the credits where Bill Murray's character, Frank, talks to you, the audience. And this was only the second time I think I'd ever seen that in a movie, first being first Bueller, and I really like that. And we're going to wrap up our talk of Scrooge with that. All right, well, my number one favorite Christmas movie, and as I said, these are all pretty much comedies, and you may already know what it is, that would be National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And like I said, for several years there... Um, while I was in college, after I purchased an edition of this, or right after college as well, I had basically kind of a Christmas party every year where I would invite people over to watch this movie because most of my friends really liked it too. And it was really, like I watched it growing up and I liked it, but it was really in college that that kind of got ingrained in my head as a tradition, as a I have to watch this every year kind of thing. Whereas Scrooge was that way from when I was a 10-year-old, basically 11-year-old. Um, so... Love Christmas Vacation. Um, Chevy Chase is probably my favorite movie he's done. Honestly, overall, I like some of the other things he did. Funny Farm was good. I mean, he's been in a lot of movies and TV shows. He's in Community right now, which I know a lot of people like um, as he's gotten older. But uh, I think this was the perfect vacation movie. I really enjoyed Vegas Vacation as well. Probably I enjoyed the two latter ones more than the first two as far as that goes. But anyway, this particular one, it has the whole idea of the modern Christmas being so materialistic 
and how I guess so many people really don't like being around their families, which is kind of sad, but they definitely make lots of, of humor out of both of those things. You know, major focus of the of the movie, really the plot, is that Clark Griswold, the lovable goofball guy, is expecting this huge Christmas bonus for thousands of dollars, and it looks like he's not going to get it, and he's invested all of his savings into a swimming pool deposit, and so if he doesn't get his deposit, the family's in a really bad financial situation, basically. And and that kind of is the underlying theme of a lot of other things going on. I, I like the whole decoration bit, where he can't get stuff to work. I like the way he antagonizes his neighbors. Cousin Eddie, this was by far the best Cousin Eddie performance. Uh, I think this garnered him a larger role in Vegas Vacation, obviously, since that's where he was supposed to have lived. And then they did spin this off into a sequel, which I saw on TV, and it was terrible. And I don't think I'll ever watch that one again. Um, it was Cousin Eddie's Christmas or something. It was it was bad. But in this particular version, Cousin Eddie was really funny, I thought. I mean, there's so many little bits in this thing. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. There's so many things. The food additive on the bottom of the sleigh. The squirrel. The ant who is really old and absent-minded and wraps up her cat and puts cat food on her jello mold. And uh, when they ask her to say the blessing, she says, Grace, she died years ago. The blessing. That whole part's funny. Um, and then she starts singing the Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, there's so many things throughout this movie that are they're really, really good. But anyway, I guess that's going to wrap up this talk. I'm I'm, I'm, it's one of those things. I'm sure you've seen the movie, probably, and you probably are well aware of what's going on, so I don't want to get into too much of the minutia involved with it. And we're going to wrap up our episode now. So if you enjoy these particular Christmas movies or there are others that you think I missed, we'd love to have your feedback. You can tweet us at Random City on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. We are listed there. I've created a Google Plus page. I'm not sure if I mentioned that on the podcast before. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. And on either of those, you can search for Random City Podcast to find us there. We are listed in iTunes there as well. You can subscribe under the Random City Podcast feed, or you can look for the Jimmy and Georgia Podcast Network, and all of our shows are collected there. And then also you can call in to the show, and that number is 773-71-RANDOM. You can email me at randomcitypodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, if you didn't catch any of that information, you need to look it up. You can go over to randomcitypodcast.com and get all that information once again. And so, I guess that's going to wrap us up for this Christmas movie edition of the Random City Podcast. We hope to have you back for the next episode. Hope to have you back for the next episode when we talk about my top Christmas television specials. For the Random City Podcast, I'm Jimmy in Georgia. Peace. Stay random. <laughs>